Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. What up, ladies and gentlemen? Hernan Cias here back with another one, helping you take control of your marketing, your branding, through the power of podcasting. And we got a great show for you guys today coming from Miami. Today's guest is the founder and chairman of the board at liftbrands.com. It's a company that owns several fitness brands and you can find them in over 2,500 locations in 26 countries. Help me welcome to the show, Mr. Peter Taunton. Hey brother, how you, how you doing, man? Great to be here. Oh, man, dude, so many crazy things going on out in the real world. Um, you, are, you have your hand in many, many cookie jars, and I know you're feeling the effects, um, and if not the effects, feeling for your clients that are around the world uh, just with this, with this devastating shutdown. Yeah, it's a tough, it's, it's a really, really tough time, and, and we were talking about it. To, today, I have roughly 5,000 locations uh, uh, around the world in, tw- in 28 countries, that are closed. And, and these are small business owners that they, they, you know what, they run a successful business. They, they have maybe two or three months of working capital on the sidelines and they never thought that they were going to have this unforeseen crisis hit them and then hit them, not just where they're struck at home, but literally your business is, is closed. You've got to close it until they give you the green light to open it back up. So I feel for a lot of these franchisees, they're a little bit panic stricken, I know, fortunately, in this country, the, the SBA has done a, a nice job of making some funds available for them. So that's great. But there's a lot of countries out there that are not as sophisticated in, in, in some of those areas. And these people are just starving. It's hard. It's really tough to watch. It's, it's a really tough time, um, which kind of uh, can kind of lead me back to, you know, getting things started. Right now, there's a lot of people who are, are going through it. You know, they're, they're, there's, and, and through no fault of their own, it's just, you know, an, an act of God, really, that, that this happens worldwide. Um, but every business has a struggle at some point. Every business has that beginning point of, you know, pushing through that that time where I'm tired or that time where I don't feel like doing something. Tell me a little bit about how you got your your start in this uh, in this business. Well, it's interesting that, that you say that. You know, the just tough times and, and adversity. And I, in fact, I just did a drop on my Instagram just talking about that very thing. That look, understand if, when you get into business when you're an entrepreneur, it's 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 through adversity that you grow. And if you never experience adversity, then you're never really tested or challenged in whatever the environment is that, that, you're, that you're working in. So I'm, I've never, I never run from adversity and I, I clearly don't try to make mistakes. But when I do make them, and, and I always say, you know what, if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough and there's some truth in that. But when I do make a mistake, I acknowledge it, I, I breathe it in and I, and I try to learn from it and try not to repeat it. I think that's just great advice. Um, 
And, and I just say that all the time because fear is a dream killer. And some people never get off, never get, never, never get off the plate because they're afraid of that failure. So for me, I, w- I was blessed. I grew up in my father owned a small grocery store in, in our hometown, small little rural town in Minnesota. And uh, my father gave me an opportunity to work when I was eight years old. And that's where my life lesson started, literally selling popcorn at eight years old in front of his grocery store. And, uh, you know, I never thought in a million years that I would be taking some of those lessons, just the basic block and tackling of being business and treating people the right way and the fair way. I never thought so many of those lessons were going to be carried forward to the life I live today. Isn't it, isn't it crazy how we can almost track down some of those pivotal points in our lives? Like, I, I, tell me a little bit about what your dad did for you as far as, was it, was it one of those things where he said, son, now it's time for you to, you know, you want something, you better come earn it. Or was it like, look at what I'm doing? What kind of, what kind of mentorship was that? No, my dad, my dad's a man's man. So even t- today he's 89 years old and he's a rancher in South Dakota. He's a stud, right? The guy is just a work freak and, and he's the kind of guy, he's got so many great qualities, but at eight years old in his, when I was selling popcorn, one, one of the life lessons that I, that I learned today is my, my father, he walked by, he walked past me in my little popcorn stand. He walks about 40 feet past me. He stops in his tracks, he pivots and he turns and he starts heading right back for me. Right. And he stops in front of me. He says, Hey son, how's business? So I'm thinking about it in my little eight year old mind. And I said, well, dad is kind of slow. And I was going to give him this big dissertation as to why it was slow. <laughs> and he says, son, it's slow because you're sitting behind the stand and you're not getting out and, and, and talking to the people. So mm-hmm. I acknowledge, he goes, you need to get out from behind that stand and you need to go ask people if they'd like to try some of your popcorn. So anyway, I listened to it very, very contently. And I, and I got, after he left, I got out from behind that counter and, you know, as a little eight year old boy, you, you feel this little tug on your sleeve and you look down, here's this kid. He says, Hey, would you like some popcorn? I just popped it. It's fresh. It's delicious. And yeah, it's hard to say no to that. Right. Yeah, so of course, Q factor. Right. So they come in and now, you know, so, and, and so what was the life lesson there? Hey, look, you're either going to watch things happen. Or you're going to make things happen. So, so Pedro, get your ass out from behind that counter and go get it, go chase it, go run it down. Right. And, and that is a great lesson for all of us. Even today, you know what, if, if I want to succeed in things, I, the, there's the, the two hands I trust the most are the ones that are attached to me. Right. I, I just, I'm, I'm not afraid of hard work. And I know that if I want something, I got to go get it. And that's true in business. It's true in life. It's true in everything. It's funny because <clears throat> oftentimes people confuse uh, motion and action. And, and just this morning I'm listening to atomic habits and, and they talk about the difference between motions and, and actions and the preparation is what you were doing behind that popcorn stand. you were there. It's not right. like you didn't intend on doing anything. You just didn't take action towards the goal that you wanted to achieve. You were just going by the motions. There's a lot of people who get into business and prepare to get ready to someday do something in the future. And then time goes by and they've never taken the action necessary to achieve that goal. And they're stuck. So true. And you know what? I, I always tell people, you know, when, when you're a kid and, and even as an adult, you don't know what you don't know. And that's a fair statement. You don't know what you don't know. And I tell people all the time, especially today's day and age when I, when I do some, some business consulting and things, and I'm talking to people, I say, look, you're doing yourself a disservice if you think you're the smartest one in the room, right? So tell them, look, you've got to, you've got to hire, look at yourself more, more as, a, as a director of, of a movie script, a casting director. You have to cast people in the right role. 
because some people are going to be great at some things and they're going to be horrible at others. So put, surround yourself with very talented people, share with them the vision of what you're trying to execute and lay out the plan because that's what you're there to do. You're there to lay out the plan. You're there so everybody can see and feel the vision that you're looking for. But then your next step is I need to hire the right, I need to cast people in the right roles to, to put them in an environment where they can succeed. Right. And, and then the, the most important component is let people know, Hey, look, we are going to fail along the way, but there's nothing that you are going to do. No decision that you are going to make that is going to sink the ship because those types of decisions are going to be made by me. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to give you the, the material decisions that are obviously going to be um, critical to the, to the point of, is, is, our, is, our, is our entire business at jeopardy based on that decision? You would never do that as a CEO, but empowering people to feel like they can own their lane and, and, and have insight, provide insight and vision, those are all beautiful things as an, as an entrepreneur. And really rewarding to watch people um, really um, um, bloom, blossom under your watch is so beautiful. Well, let me dig a little deeper because I feel like um, that is a very higher level uh, way of thinking of business. And I think a lot of people are still trapped in the popcorn stand mentality, right? Okay. So they're, they're at the very beginning or they're, they're just getting started or they've been at it for 10 years and they're still in the same spot. Yeah. How, do they, how do they break through to the point where they can put people in the right roles, maybe even identify the roles or those lanes? Yeah, it's, you know what, it's a, that's a great question. And, and I get that a lot. I get people that have been in a business and they've been in it for five, 10 years, sometimes longer, and they feel stuck. And in fact, even when they call on me, they, they, can't, even, they can't even admit the fact that they're stuck. Mm -hmm. All right. And the first step of it, and I always tell people, hey, look, you're stuck. And the first step of growth is understanding, realizing where you're at. And then the second part is, okay, let's, let's put together a plan. Let's put together a plan of where do you want to be six months, 12 months? What does this business look like three years from now? Because what's happened is they, they didn't evolve, if, especially if it's a consumer-facing product or, or service, they didn't evolve with the consumer's expectations. So they woke up one day and they're no longer relevant. So these, they see this constant attrition within their business. And rather, and rather than saying, look, what the hell's going on? They go into this panic mode and they're trying to, be, they're trying to play defense rather than offense. You know, at some point in time, you got to say, give me the ball and you got to freaking run with it, right? Mm -hmm. so, so for me, as, as, I, as I evolved back from the popcorn business, I, I, I started playing racquetball when I was 13 years old. So what opened up my eyes within the health and wellness space was an opportunity to turn around a failing club. And what, what gave me insight on that is, is the club that I was playing at every day was a club that was financially struggling. And I was given an opportunity. At the time, I was a professional racquetball player. I was a touring pro for about 12 years. But before, before I, I moved from, from Minnesota down to Florida, I sat down with these owners and I said, look, I just got to level with you guys. Because keep in mind, I'm in that club five days a week for four or five hours a day. I'm there. And I said, guys, I, gotta, I just got to share some information with you. Your business is losing money today because you've got the wrong guy running your club. He's not, in, he's not engaged with the members. He's not engaged with the community. He's barely engaged with the club. He's, he's a former athlete. I thought that, you, that you, guys, you guys probably thought you were hiring the right guy because he's into sports and that's the fit. But really, the type of person you need is a people person. You need somebody who's in the customer service space, who's in the people-pleasing space. That's what you need. And I said, guys, I'm moving to Florida, but if you ever want to turn this club around, give me a call. 
year and a half later, my phone rings. It's these guys. And they said, we'll give you a chance to turn this club around. Here's the deal. We lose about $200,000 a year, real cash flow. So not on paper, real cash. We feed this thing 200 grand just to keep the lights on and pay the help. That's right. So they had a steady diet. They had a steady diet of that for years. And they had enough. They were no moss. So the deal they put in front of me, and, and, and this is the point of your question, the, the, the opportunity they gave me, they said, Peter, we're going to pay you $16,000 a year, but we will give you the opportunity to buy us out with the profits that the business generates. If you're able to turn this thing around and you generate a profit, you can buy us out because we've had enough. We're out, right? Mm. That's all I needed. I needed that opportunity. So what you have to have is, you need to know, hey, look, here is my opportunity and you need to run it down. You need to be fearless and you need to be, be all in. Because for me, I did not have a plan B. There was no plan B. I didn't grow up as some little trust baby and I, I had this backdrop behind me. No, look, you know what? If, if, if I didn't make that thing go, I'm going, I'm going back to Orlando or I'm going to figure out some other job that I'm going to do that's going to, that's going to make money for me, right? Because 16000 was not going to get it done. Long story short, I got innovative. I got creative with it. When I got into that business, I said, guys, what's my marketing budget? They said, you, ha you don't have any marketing budget, Peter. There is no marketing budget. Maybe you didn't hear us. We lose 200 grand a year, my friend, <laughs> right? So there's no marketing budget. There's going to be no capital improvements. So I could have done one of two things. I could have got under, laid under my desk in the fetal position, or I said, look, I'm going to figure out a plan. For me, that plan was going out into the community, going to the carpet stores, the painters, the electricians. I remember I went into the Florida ceiling store and I said, look, I need carpet in my club. I don't have any money, but I have memberships. So you give me, I'll give you memberships for all your employees and their families and you give me carpet. And to my surprise, they said, okay, we'll do it. And I went to every carpet store in town. And when I started remodeling my club, I started with the lobby. Because you never get a second chance for a first impression. If I'm going to try to remodel a 50,000 square foot club and kind of dabble in every corner of the club, it's not noticeable enough. So I said, look, I'm going to start by the front door and I'm going to work my way out the back door. And people came in and they're like, my gosh, you know, for the first time in years, they actually saw carpet. They smelt that fresh carpet smell, you know, they smelt fresh paint. The, you know, lights, light switches worked. I mean, the whole thing, right? So... And they, the community rallied, rallied behind me. Why? Because they said, look, we love this guy who has come in. The guy has passion and he actually cares about the business. And, and I knew that's what the club needed. I knew the club needed a facelift regardless of how minor that would become. But more importantly, it needed passion. It needed people, staff that, that cared. And, and that was a big part of it, even with the staff. I was 22 years old at the time. I'd never ran a business before other than my popcorn stand, okay? But I understood people, and I learned that from watching my dad. My dad was the kind of guy in his grocery store, you would see him carrying out groceries, you would see him working the checkout stand, you would see him stocking shelves. There was no job that he was above. He would get right in the trenches. And I thought, man, that is such a great leadership quality that you're saying, look, look, everyone, we are all on the same team. We are all going to pull deep on the oars and we're going to make this thing work, but make no mistake about it. Today is the last day of being average. We are, today is the last day that we are going to suck at what we do. So if you're not down with it, if you're not into, to, 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 you know, um, under deliver over promise under deliver, if you're not into that, then, then we, we don't have a place for you here. 
every one of my staff, for the most part, they got on board and, and our members benefited from it. And I benefited from it because they started to tell their friends about the business. And I took a business that was losing 200 grand a year to, to making 250 grand profit. And I did that over about a five year period. So hard work works. Hard work absolutely works, but there's a couple of things in your story there that that are crucial to the to the even even the birth of that opportunity. The fact that you were paying attention to the place that you frequented on a regular basis, you weren't just there just for you. You noticed things. You you and you took action. You actually went up to the owners and were like, "Hey, this is what I've observed. I know I could do better. Yeah. Let me let me give you let me let you know if you ever need help. That's a huge step." The phone never would have rang for you a hundred, you know, a year and a half later, if you didn't take the opportunity to to make that opportunity happen. That's your dad telling you go out and get your customers, like yeah. go out and find the opportunity. The opportunities everybody keeps waiting for that lottery ticket to come in, but even with the lottery ticket, if you don't buy one, if you don't take the action to go and get one, you're never going to win the lottery. Everybody wants the opportunity to fall in your lap, but you have to go make it happen. Yeah. You didn't, because you know, yeah, luck that it's a, there's no such thing as luck. I mean, luck doesn't work. Luck is not a business plan. Hope is not a business plan. So, you're exactly right. Go and go and chase it down, and 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 maybe it comes from being the youngest of seven kids that you don't ask, you don't get. So, you know, every <laughs> everything that I'm interested in doing, I throw my hat in the ring, right? And even if I know that of the people that may apply. I'm probably, I'm not necessarily the most qualified, but I'm a quick study. I am going to, I am going to get into the business and, and I am going to understand it and I'm going to make it thrive. And that, that's what I did. And the other thing is you didn't take no for an answer. Like, you know, when they're like, oh, there's no marketing budget. Oh, there's, you know, we don't have any money. You're only going to get 16,000. Like none of that stopped you. You, you, you took, you took a, a position or perspective of abundance. Like there's, there's opportunity here where others would take a perspective of scarcity. I can't do anything with this. Like right. I have, I have limits here. Like the, I'm, I'm capped. You went out and found an opportunity yeah. and made the most of it. Yeah. You got to make it, make it happen. And it, you know what? It worked out. It's, and not every scenario works out like that, but you're exactly right. It's like your, like your lotto ticket analogy that if you don't, if you don't put your hat in the ring, if you don't make an effort, if you don't get in the game, whatever that game looks and feels like, if you don't do that, it's not going to happen. Nobody's going to come and pick you out of a crowd and say, are you interested in this? You gotta, you gotta go to them and say, look, I'm interested in this and I'm your guy. Period. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what it is, whether you want to be an entrepreneur and be your own business person or whether you're applying for that job that you may that you may know in your heart that probably you're a little bit out over your skis, that is okay. It is okay to to challenge yourself and to test yourself and say, look, you know, I'm gonna oversell myself a little bit, but I'm gonna learn this and I'm gonna be and I'm gonna I'm gonna be all in. I'm gonna immerse myself in it and be be in a very short period of time, I'm gonna be an expert within this space. So we have a lot of people who are in that exact spot right now who are going to be losing $200,000, you know, a year in, in this situation who are looking at their situation right now and have that opportunity to look at it as a negative perspective, a, a scarcity perspective, or an abundance of opportunity perspective. Uh, what advice can you give to people that are going through it right now to help them persevere? Well, you know what, first thing, if you're in the, if you're in the a business that's losing money, you need to stop. I always say it's just like somebody that's overspending. They're digging a financial hole. I always tell them, you know, sometimes when you're digging a hole, the first thing you need to do is stop digging. Yes. Right. So let's identify what that looks and feels like. So 
under, stop the stop the bleed, stop the burn. Number one. Number two, try to identify what are the components w- within that 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 um, business. What's your assessment as to why am I failing? And if you can identify some of those things, and if some of those things can be remedied, then you need to make that change. A lot of times, it's due to the fact that they're that they're the reality is they're just not relevant. They're, they're not relevant anymore with the consumer. And relevance is not what you or I think. The customer will tell you if you're relevant or not. They'll tell you by the validation of that is by do they support your business? If you see a constant trend of attrition in your business and sales volume, you need to look at it and say, look, is it my business? It, do I have a competitive threat that comes into the marketplace? What has happened to the dynamics of the business why year over year I'm down 5, 10, 15% every year? The first thing to do is to start looking. It's not to panic because your business was great at one point and there's no reason why it can't be great again. But in some cases, you got to be able to take a step back, swallow your pride and say, look, it doesn't matter. You clearly, you whiffed somewhere along the way. You didn't evolve at the right time and your customers told you, hey, look, I no longer can support you the way I was in the past because your product does not deliver the same value today as it did two years ago. So identifying that and then making the change. Sometimes it's going to require you to dip back into your pocket and put some capital back into the business because the business needs a facelift. It's no different with one, than with my health clubs. Look, if, if I think that I'm going to have the same exercise equipment today as I had five years ago, it's game over. It's game over because the consumer's expectations, they evolve every year and they say, look, just, the, just, just ground zero in winning in the health and wellness space, just ground zero is my club is clean, my equipment is in great working order, and my equipment is relevant. And the programs that you're offering are relevant with what's out there today. You know, if you're not doing group fitness functional training, if you can't give me the basics of nutrition, if you can't, if you can't chart a course for me to get me to the promised land of whatever my wellness goals are, then it's game over because that's just ground zero in in the space we live in today. So to, to answer your question, it's not as quick as, Hey guys, you need to do this, this, and this, you need to pull back on your spending and you need to, you know, lay that, that's not the answer because you can't save yourself into EBITDA growth. All right. Pretty soon you're going to cut all the fat off your business and there's nowhere to go. The worst thing you can do as a business owner is, cannibalize the service of your business by laying people off or cutting expenses. Pretty soon, you're not capable of delivering value because you don't have the human resources in place to deliver on your promise, if that makes sense. So that totally makes sense. You got it. Some people, they do that. They think they can cut their way because pretty, pretty soon you can't cut anywhere. You start cutting fat with a, with a machete, but when you're done, you're using a scalpel, and pretty soon you got to quit cutting. You got to say, look, we got to grow this business and if we, don't, if we can't grow this business, then there's a number of things that we have to do from there. Some people, I tell them, look, you don't, have the, you don't have the capital put it in your business is what you're telling me. You don't have the means to go to a bank and get a loan because you're at risk. So you need to find a strategic partner. You need to find a strategic partner who's going to bring in an influx of cash. So you got to be willing to accept dilution because keep in mind, I know how the story ends for you, my friend. The story ends, you're out of business. So this, your plane is spiraling right now, and you don't even know it. I'll say, you're, on, you're, on, you're, you're tilted. You're doing the death spiral, like you're sticking with the plane analogy. You're on a death spiral right now, and you don't even know it. You're heading towards the ground. You don't know it, and you need to, you need to do some action right now. And it's going to require dilution. It's going to require the right partner. 
who's going to help you get you back on track and, and, and get a better trajectory into your business. That's a tough, that's a lot of, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people, but it's real. It's absolutely real. And you talked about, you know, cutting fat with a machete and then getting under the scalpel. A lot of people look at their P&Ls from the bottom up. They start at the net, work their way through the expenses, never looking at the very top. And in the top, that revenue section, that, that gross income section, that's a vitally important thing to be looking at. And oftentimes what I've noticed with, with a lot of businesses too is the reason why they lack in uh, generating more income is because they lack in their own vision. There's no clarity of vision, no clarity of goals. They might have this idea of where they want to go, but they can't articulate that to their staff. They can't articulate that to the articulate that to their board. There is no clear vision. So everybody's trying to go in a bunch of different directions, trying to save their own ships. That the main ship is sinking. There's yeah. no coordination. Yeah, they're they're shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. So, <laughs> right. So, and that's. You know, Something that, that I find that's very helpful, what's once again, being a successful entrepreneur, swallow your freaking pride, all right, as a, as, a, as a founder and an owner. Get over yourself and take some of those people that you cast in those leadership roles, your, your, your department heads and things like that, pull them aside, have, it, have a, a, an afternoon where you get away from your business, you leave your cell phones at the door, and just have an open, honest conversation saying, look, this was our vision here two years ago. We've seen a we've seen a slide in our in our top line. We've been able to maintain our EBITDA, but that's only because we cut some costs out of the equation. And you know what? I, I say it all the time. Look, revenue is revenue, but it, when you save a dollar off of your operating expense, that dollar falls right to your bottom line. So I'm all about running running lean and efficient. But like we said earlier, you can't cut your way to EBITDA growth year over year. So talk to your, talk to your staff, make sure that they're all on board and sharing with them of, of what your business is going through. It's a good thing. They're not going to panic and start looking for jobs. They're going to appreciate the fact that you had enough confidence to share it with your leadership team to say, look, what do you guys think? I'm, I want to talk about ideas. I want to have a brainstorming session here and maybe we can leave this with two or three ideas. But that proposition I'm, I'm referring to, you cannot lose with that. You cannot lose by being more transparent with your leaders within your company because they feel like they're going to be heard and that you trust in their, in their um, ideas. So it's, like I said, you, you can't lose by doing that. Your dad gave you some great advice when you were eight years old. <clears throat> if you can go back and tell your younger entrepreneurial self one last bit of advice, or to avoid one pitfall or one correction, what would that be? Well, you know, my, my, my lesson to myself is, you know, I always knew, I watched, I watched my father work. So I knew that being successful, um, and for me, success meant, was I going to be able to make money and a lot of it? Okay. And I, and I talk about this all the time. I say, look, I, up until I was 50 years old, I was, I was motivated by making money. Make no mistake about it, right? And I'm, am I embarrassed by it? Yeah. People ask me, Peter, if you had anything to do over, what would it be? I tell them the same thing every time. I wish I would have danced more. And I say that figuratively because I worked my ass off, right? And I sacrificed a ton. And I was well aware of what I was giving up. I was well aware of, of, of what I needed to do to win win financially and win big. You know, I sit back here today and, and w which is why my perspective is so much different than it was when I was 50. I say, 
I've had such a blessed life in my life that for the next 50 years, I'm, I'm focused on helping entrepreneurs, both young and old, um, helping entrepreneurs, help them push through some of the troubled times that they might be, that they may be experience, experiencing. And, and then my philanthropic endeavors matter a lot to me. So for me, I don't need to talk about trivial things like, hey, look, it's going to be hard. It takes discipline and sacrifice and, and uh, you're going to have some scary moments and you're going to fail. Don't be afraid of it. That's, that's just business 101, right? If you're, not, if you're not prepared to embrace that, you have no chance. Don't get into business. You're, you're not cut out for it. But the other side of it is, if, you're will, if you understand that you need to do all those things, the other side of it is, look, make sure that you always maintain balance in your life. That you that you're you know you're, you maintain your sanity that you cut out carve out some time for yourself um, and and enjoy the enjoy the ride a, a bit more because I know there's a lot of people that reflect back and say damn I wish I had spent I wish I had spent more time here and there but you know all of us it doesn't matter who you are we all get 24 hours in a day you can't buy more you don't get less everybody gets 24 so that's that's what levels the playing field so how you choose to use that time is is really really important and so that's what i talk about look hard work works you and i talked about it and sacrifice and risk all of it risk reward we get it that's business 101 but coming out the other side of it and and really appreciating and reflecting the ride and understanding what what you've done and the accomplishments associated with it and really you know taking that all in I talk about it with my staff today. I, I've got about 12 people that were with me from day one, right? And I tell them, look, understand what we all had, what we all had an opportunity to experience. We had a front row seat to the American dream. And, mm. and that is an amazing narrative in itself that you, you, we had an idea and created a plan around it and executed and execution of a plan is not only growing the business, but it's the exit on the other side. I talk about that all the time with, 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 um, developed entrepreneurs. I tell them what, what's your, what's your exit strategy? They haven't thought about it. I said, dude, you gotta, you gotta put some thought into that because are you, is this the business that you're going to, you're going to ride it off into the sunset? Are you going to be doing this when you're 75 or, you know, there's comes a time that it's, that it's the prudent thing to do is to take some chips off the table. So I talk about that as well as, you know, how do I take different, how do I take numerous bites of the apple on my way out on my exit strategy, which is for me, in, in, in my case, I've been able to pull out a hundred million out of my company. I still own 44% of it. So financially it's game over. I, I have a yacht, a jet, a $10 million lake home, a penthouse in Miami. I've done it. Ferraris, Aston Martins. I got it. I've done it. But that's just shit. Okay. That's just stuff that we accumulate along the way. Money doesn't make the man, so don't lose sight of that. Um, it does not define you. So, you know, be humble, be kind, um, be giving. Those are all great qualities when you can come out the other side, right? So that's life right there. 100%. <clears throat> well, speaking of giving, <clears throat> thank you very much for giving of your time today. Yeah, I mean, man. Just, this is, this just is what I love doing. Yeah, this, this insight, I mean, from people who've been there, done that, who've achieved – um, and you giving your time back to to share those those trials, those tribulations, the successes, everything. I think those are tremendous lessons. I mean, me myself, and it's just one person can get so much information from you, so many experiences. It just helps 
you know, the one individual and then compound that with everybody who listens and, and, and the power of the internet. It's amazing. Well, think about yourself. I mean, you're, you're doing these great podcasts. You're bringing on amazing people that have done well, that have actually done their They're not talking about business theory. These are people that have actually gone, they've been in the trenches, they have the road rash to prove it, and they've come out the other side. So that is a, those are great people to have. And, and what a great forum for you to have all your listeners and followers, um, you know, lean in and, and pick up these little nuggets of gold. Absolutely. Well, those nuggets of gold are only dropped by those who've, who've experienced them. So thank you very much for taking the time to come on. Of course, man. Hey, if you don't mind, can I drop my, my Instagram? Absolutely. Please do. Yeah. So if you can tell why I'm not the creative marketing director. My, my Instagram handle is Peter underscore Taunton, T-A-U-N-T-O-N. So that's as creative as I can get with it. But I drop little nuggets of gold every week and most of it is business related. It's either, it's either business or it's, um, you know, lifestyle or it's spiritual. One of, one of those three areas. So I try to really maintain a balance in my life today and, and, uh, you know, hopefully it shows. Yeah, definitely does. Definitely does. And yes, please subscribe, check it out. I was, I was trolling through your Instagram this week and nothing but purely inspirational stuff. So it, it totally helps people like just to reset your day. If you need something or you're feeling like you're, you're struggling, great stuff on there. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I really do. All right, ladies and gents, hope you enjoyed today's show. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now, or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.